You're listening to the Creating Your Own Path podcast, episode number 119. Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Jen Snyder, the host of Creating Your Own Path, and each week I share conversations with those working in various creative industries. We cover a lot of ground on this show, but the ultimate goal is to unearth the stories of others so that we can uncover and better understand our own. You can listen to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast app. You can also catch a new episode each week at creatingyourownpath.com. Today, I am back with the second episode in a three-part series with designer, writer, and educator Anne Dittmeyer. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, please do that first before moving on. In today's episode, I am chatting with Anne all about the ebbs and flows that come with working for yourself. She goes into how she handles the emotional roller coaster that can sometimes come from having too little or, in her case, too much work coming her way. She also offers advice on how to present your work if you tend to do many different types of things and why she doesn't think that she'd be very good or very happy with having a full-time job. Let's get to the show. So I want to dive just a little bit deeper and talk about the ebb and flow of freelance life. So, I mean, you clearly juggle many different types of work. We've talked about that. (laughs) But I know from experience that everyone who works with multiple clients or across multiple platforms, um, they deal with the kind of feast or famine reality of working for yourself. So emotionally and psychologically, how do you manage that ebb and flow? Uh, joining the gym has been amazing. <laughs> For me, it was swimming before that. Um, just to have physical outlets. And like I said before, like don't feel like that you have to be in front of your computer more to do better work. It took me a long time when I started out to realize my best ideas were happening when I was in the swimming pool, swimming laps, or walking down the street. And I actually have a lot of ideas solidify when I'm making connections in the metro because I'm making physical connection. Um, and I'm a big fan of walking meetings these days, like in the spirit of Steve Jobs. So if I can walk and talk or I free international calls, so I'll just call a friend and talk that way. But for me, I feel like I've been incredibly fortunate since I started my business after grad school. It also helped that I had professional experience before I went back for grad school. So I was kind of freelancing and working for Design Sponge on the side and always was used to doing multiple projects. Learning to start a business in France was a big learning curve, and sometimes I joke that if I knew what I knew now, I wouldn't be doing this. So it's good; it's okay to be a bit naive sometimes. But I feel like one of my bigger stresses is having too much work and feeling guilty for saying no. But learning to say no has been a really, really important lesson. Like right now, I have the trouble saying if somebody wants to book a tour and I'm not booked that second, it's really hard for me to say no, even though I had planned to block off that time to do some writing or work on my own projects. So for years, my own projects have gotten pushed to the sidelines. I started my blog in 2007. I blogged every day religiously for the first few years, came to grad school and, you know, in essence had freedom. But the more freedom I've had in life, the harder it has been for me to find the discipline to like get up and write and do a post. So I'm trying to welcome those habits back. But there's there's always some different excuse. So I've been working hard at, you know, not snoozing in the morning now and getting up and having a routine and 
I listen to a podcast a lot when I work or when I walk um, to whatever project I'm working on that day. And so that's been really inspiring just to hear from other people. But I know I've been learning a lot lately. And so now I need to digest that and get so I'm creating. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like um, that in itself is an ebb and flow, right? You kind of consume and then digest and then get to work. (laughs) I think it's really, it's a crutch. And um, last I guess, I don't even, I guess the spring, I signed up for a social media strategy class with Megan O'Toole. Oh, yeah. And like, I've been doing social media for a long time. Like, that's what I was hired to do. But I needed to sign up for this class to focus on my my business. But it was, it's a social media class, but it helped my business so much. And it's all about being intentional. And I was speaking with her and she I was saying like oh I found this free webinar I did this like I did I'm like learning this this and that she's like yeah that's great like she's like you're gonna get to a point where like you're oversaturated and you need to focus on your own projects and I've signed up for so many newsletters lately and so I'm like okay I'm seeing what other people to do are doing and now I need to do it for myself yeah because it's easy to kind of like deflect and be like I'm not an expert enough like no I'm not ready I'm not ready but Sometimes you just have to do it and like design thinking is all about early prototyping, fail early, fail fast so you can learn from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's easy to make excuses, but sometimes you just have to suck it up and do it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I know it is really easy to get into that um, just constant cycle of educating yourself and mm-hmm. especially people who just love to learn, you know, um, like I-, I could easily sign up for each and every one of your classes. <laughs> However those skills are awesome but do I need to do all of them all at once do I need to do all of them right now do I you know what I mean like no probably not I probably need to actually just get to work yeah <laughs> um and I do that and I I'm also a huge podcast consumer and as a podcast host like <laughs> this is hard for me to say but sometimes I have to stop listening to podcasts please don't stop listening to my podcast by the way you guys. <laughs> um but what I'm saying is you kind of just have to turn it all off and do whatever needs to be done because it's it is a crutch it's like a um one way to almost procrastinate sometimes at least for me oh it it totally is um and like with my new project I'm working with open classrooms which is Europe's largest online um, education platform and so there are a couple parts of the the curriculum that I'm like I'm not ready and so I keep learning learning and I'm like I need to just start writing it now Um, but yeah, it's easy to, I don't know. And I, I love learning. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a dilemma. So I'm glad I, you know, it's important to stay curious either way. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So you kind of touched on this just a little bit, but you, you also mentioned this in your 2013 interview again, 2013, you guys, that was a long time ago, (laughs) Um, that you were, you were kind of in that position where you were fielding a lot of requests and deciding which ones to take on. So basically how to say no. So it sounds like you're still in that mode. So can you talk? But less so. Oh, how, how so? Can you? Well, I mean, I still, it's saying no, but it's saying no to things that I know are the right fit. But I feel like I put enough things on my site that answer the questions I think I'm like transparent enough that I can't be like everybody's answer girl. And I love to help people, but it's much easier for me to see a request. And if I want to respond right away, I can tell like, Oh yeah, I want to do this. But I think that over time, like I have put things into place where I don't feel like I have to say yes to everything. And I've also like learned to value myself more. So 
even if something sounds awesome, like I don't have to be paid a ton of money for every project I do. Like it just depends on the situation and my workload at the time. But it, it's really more about figuring out if it fits into my overall goals and vision or if it's just like, oh, that sounds cool or, you know, there are different parameters for different times. But in general, I do feel like I get fewer of the requests that aren't right for me. So that's good. And this kind of leads into the next question, but do you think it's how you're presenting your work that that kind of, I don't want to sound like a jerk here, but kind of weeds out the things that aren't really a good fit? Do you think it's how yeah. people view you? I think I kind of answer most questions before people need to ask. I mean, it's interesting when I get tour requests and people are like, how much is it? And I was like, it's right there on the page. Um, so, you know, it's like, so I try to like manage expectations. And for me, that's across the board from things I'm putting on the internet to the way I handle a call or a project or a proposal. Like, I just don't want there to be surprises. So, um, yeah, I think some of it's just being clear. I also just think there's so many younger bloggers now and influencers and different people that are being reached out to. Like, I rarely get invited to press trips now. Because I said, like, I don't need to be paid for the, tri- the trip. I need to be paid for the time that's going to take for me to create content right. after losing time. So, yes, I'm losing some of these opportunities. But, like, as cool as it is, like, for a lot of people staying at these five-star hotels constantly, for me, it's more important to be growing a sustainable business. It's more long-term. So, I mean, it's fine and fun to take advantage of these opportunities along the way and do what you want, but also, you know, think about the big picture as you go. Right. Not well, just like the tempting yeah. thing right dangling in front of you. Right. Well, and, and like you said, kind of going back to your purpose, like your why. So if you don't want to be a pro blogger slash influencer, then going on a paid but incredibly time intensive or an unpaid but time intensive press trip like maybe that's not the right opportunity for you because that's not actually the direction you want to go yeah and like for me like it sounds super geeky but I realized the way I love to travel is to like go where there's a really cool conference then I make it a business expense so I can write it off but I love (laughs) I know that's great as is but I love learning so it's stimulating me because I'm not really good at taking a vacation and unplugging but I can be stimulated and inspired in a different way and see a new place. And thanks to the network I've created over the years, I'm likely to know somebody or if I don't know anybody in that city. A lot of times I happen to have a friend from some random other city in the world traveling there or meeting up or making new contacts. So I like traveling like with a purpose and I like knowing what I'm going to get into because I've been on some awesome press trips and I've been on other ones that are so like miscalculated and they just want you to say how great they are and I was like "Mm, that's not what I want like I'd rather be like on the consultant side and people can hire me to talk about like possibilities I mean I think expectations out of bloggers and or they're more Instagrammers going on these trips now but are different these days but I just don't have enough hours in the day and so that's not the main venue I'm pursuing. I mean, I would love for somebody to like pay me to just ride the train all day and I could just write all day. Like I love train line. You're a great app to do that. (laughs) But, um, so I'd like to do, you know, again, disrupt the system and do things in a different way, but yeah, my priorities are definitely different and I don't feel like I need to do what everybody else is doing. Yeah. Which 
honestly, like this seems really logical, but it, it helps you stand out if you're not doing everything that everybody else is doing, <laughs> you know, yeah. like it just seems that's, well, of course that's. I know. Works, I mean, but... the world seems so backwards a lot of the time, but yeah. 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 So, okay. So the reason I was saying it is kind of leading into the next question. So Adina, who is also another friend and another past guest from the show, <laughs> she asked, um, how did she come up with a cohesive way to present herself and her work to her clients slash collaborators while doing so many different things? And how does she juggle prioritize focusing on one aspect versus another? So you kind of touched on some of this, but if you could kind of unpack it a little bit more that would be great yeah I think it's kind of reverse like when a project comes up last minute you're forced to think about things so there's this like really cool um, global executive masters in strategic design and management program at Parsons Paris it's between Paris New York and Shanghai and so I told you I just left my old job there but I'm already working for them in different ways so like that was really the goal and so um, having a deadline of a presentation to give is a really good way to get things done and think critically about what you're working on. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and what else? Okay, well, she she asked about the the kind of, and when I was talking about how this the past question was leading into this one is, you know, if you're getting fewer of certain types of requests, it, ha- it might have to do with how you're presenting yourself. So she wants to know kind of how did you come up with a cohesive way to present yourself and your work because because you're doing so many things and we've we, again we've kind of touched on this a little bit but when you sat down and redesigned your site how did you kind of put all of all of the different buckets <laughs> under one umbrella like how did you come up with that yeah I mean it's after I finish each project it forces me to kind of think about like what did I just learn from that what do I like about it what do I want to do differently so Figuring out on the website which projects I want to focus on um, and highlight because there are definitely things that are not on my website. And it's things that I'm good at. It's just like the kind of work that you show or you say you do is what you're going to get hired for. So you kind of have to angle for the kind of work that you want to do. And for me, it was figuring out the keywords. So I think I like travel, education, teaching. I can't even remember what's on my website, but yeah, but it's really taking each project and then like I become my own business card too. So it's these sort of relationships that I've built like over time um, and how I get like hired to do these like, you know, last minute things. I think there's also this misconception that with the internet things happen immediately and right away. Mm. But a lot of these opportunities I'm getting are from connections that are at least four years old or a conversation that was started a long time ago. I mean, this workshop that I did last week, I had a, a week notice officially, but it had been something we toyed with like for a long time. So it just happened to be weird timing where it's like, okay, all or nothing. And so it's really, and it's also spending time with those people that you wanna work with. So um, the director of the executive master's program, like. Whenever she was in town, I would always try to get a coffee or, you know, get a drink or when I would find a podcast I liked or a link or an interesting article, I sent it to her along the way. And so there's ways to build relationships along the way. And it's not to do like I'm not trying to force anything. It's just what I would do with anybody. And especially if you discover somebody who thinks similarly or you really like their work, just be giving with them and then things come back. So yeah, and then each of these projects kind of 
fits into the puzzle and you kind of relook at the puzzle. But for me, it was coming up with like one statement ish and then figuring out the pieces around it. Yeah. And knowing that it can change, like let's say you get a really cool project that doesn't fit into one of your buckets, but you want to highlight it because you want to do more of it make a new bucket (laughs) like yeah but it's still like I mean your buckets can be like very like broad enough Mm -hmm. that a lot of things like education even if it's not for a school or online learning platform there's still like an aspect of learning somewhere so yeah there's there's different overlap and so these are not tight definition like there's room for interpretation and right 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 that's that's Great advice. Um, so uh, I have sort of a, a random question that's just from me. <laughs> um, do you ever feel like throwing in the towel and having one quote unquote regular job instead of many creative jobs? And I'm curious what that would actually look like for you in Paris. I like have a fear of full time jobs. Okay. <laughs> so the irony is that like in France, starting my own business. I also realized that like salaries are really low here. So I do better juggling multiple jobs than if I were to have like one job. Mm-hmm. Like now I'm like high enough, but I really need to be out in the world and flexible and being inspired. And even today I was working from home all day because I have that flexibility. And I was like, I haven't done a full day at home for a long time. I was like, oh gosh, I need to go out to walk for lunch. Um, and I, I didn't walk far enough, but I can feel I'm antsy. So I have always been an independent contractor in part from my working rights in France. Now I'm a citizen and I can work any job I want, but I realized I've created this kind of working style that I really like. Um, So even when I was working at Parsons Paris for three and a half years as the communications manager, I was still an independent contractor. So I had a little bit more flexibility. So I didn't have to be in the office all the time. Granted, I was there more than most people. So it's just like a mental thing for me. Um, My next project with Open Classrooms is a six month contract. So I'm starting to like, there's always like a through line and a larger project behind everything. And I think if you talk to most people, quote, on the internet, they usually have like a bread and butter project and then they have their like smaller income th- coming through different sources. But it's weird. Like I I don't know why, but I just struggle with the idea of a full-time job. I mean, I have the luxury in France that I have healthcare, so mm-hmm. I don't luxury. have to think as seriously. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I went to the, this is why I need to write about my experience in healthcare in France. I, last year was in the ER, nothing serious. And my coworker was like, you should go to the ER. And I was like, no, it's so expensive. I got that bill and it was nine euros. Oh my gosh. Or, yeah. And so I was like, oh, why didn't I listen to that specialist I went to? It was way more expensive. And he put me on the wrong direction. But it's, you know, these things you don't realize. So um, there's this safety net. But I also like not having all my eggs in one basket. So I have income stream coming from Skillshare, which my classes are old. And like, apologies for anybody who signs up and is like so excited. And it's like, whoa, this is low budget. It's low budget, but it's all about the ideas. And like, you know, so like video has come so much further from that time. But like, I've done very little like touching of those classes and like it's still like income that returns so it's hard to find those passive income streams but that was really great and I still do promote my classes from time to time and I do like to chime in and look at student projects and especially with my resume redesign class like a couple times a year I'm saying okay incentive to sign up and work on your project now because I'll give feedback and I also just enjoy that interaction with students so 
yeah, I don't know if I haven't found the dream job yet or if I'll ever end up there, but, and I don't see myself running a company with a lot of employees. I've learned that managing people is hard and I've learned that as an employee, but I think it's valuable and I enjoy it to some extent, but yeah, I'm kind of curious. But I, I just like to do a bunch of different projects. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that that's like a totally fine answer. I, I, I'm just always curious if... Um... To, for everybody, it's different. And I realized the way I've always justified it to clients too who want like more of a full-time person was like, I'm better at my job because I have this other work that I do and I learn a lot from that. And I bring what I learn from there to benefit you too. So some of it's needing to like get up and move and some of it's just the way I feel inspired. And I really struggle to do one type of work all day, every day. Right. And actually, yeah, well, it's a spice of life, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So my, I I do kind of have a follow-up question on that is, and this might be sort of a selfish question because I'm having so much trouble finding people who will just let me work part-time or as an independent contractor. They want me full-time. And yeah, I think that's weird. I think it's a bit of an American. Maybe. I don't know. It's just like, okay, what? But it's been working so well. <laughs> yeah. Um, at least for me, because I get to do all the other things, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, do you find, uh, you, you said that you just kind of explain it to them, but do you find that you've lost any jobs or you'll get any pushback um, because mm, you want to be no. I mean, some of it, I, it was good that I had the excuse of like, I'm a foreigner, I can't work, right. <laughs> which I had the right to work in France, just not salaried. And salaried is like contracted work in France. So yeah, it's tricky. I think it's just having confidence and presenting yourself as that package. And you don't, I'm good at over explaining myself and you don't need to, but I think, you know, the more you're able to present your work and you have like you beautifully present your work. That's not an issue at all. But just, I don't know, just making making that case. And I'm really stubborn, so. Uh, <laughs> that helps. I'm too nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so, I don't know. I And it's been weird being on the flip side of employers or being around different offices or hearing friends and conversations of their offices. Like, you think there's this, like, amazing pool out there and it's such tough competition, but sometimes it can be really hard to find the right person for the role. And so I've been kind of, like, blessed with the fact that it's, like, the the people need me. And so, like, people are happy to get what they can get. Um, Like, right now I'm working with a startup and – I told them like straight up, I was like, I'm only available three to four days a week, depending on things. And like, honestly, even getting that much work and it can be like a challenge sometimes, but it's good to have the structure around it. But I would just say like, have confidence and also know that sometimes they might say no the first time, Mm -hmm. but they might come back to you later and you can always follow up or you can stay in touch with those people again find an article that you think they might like and say, you know, with no other intention than otherwise, other than sending like this link, hey, I thought you might enjoy this based on our conversation. Boom. Yeah. And you just keep planting seeds over the time. Well, I, you I know- mentioned something earlier, and I don't mean to interrupt, but you mentioned kind of the building relationships part. Let's just be clear that building relationships is not a matter of, hey, can you do this thing for me? I keep um, running into this conundrum I don't know it's not my conundrum (laughs) but it's other people's conundrums uh because people say well but I emailed them this thing and then they didn't do anything for me 
Yeah, there's a lot of like false expectations and like the approach is all wrong. Yep. Um, I, I get like a lot of people asking very blunt questions and I've never heard from them and then I don't get thank yous and I don't know, it's like you shouldn't treat networking like networking. It should be like fostering a friendship and you should never have expectations. Um, one of my um, favorite, not favorite talks, but I went to a really interesting talk by this guy named Sri S R E E on Twitter. Um, and he used to be the digital director at the Met and I think now he's working in the city of New York. Anyway, he said that because of social media, your first ask, your first outreach should never be an ask. So if you need something from somebody, like there's so many ways to like engage in conversation or see what they're up to or personalize their message. If especially if you're asking for something big, like it doesn't make any sense if this person has no connection to you or no reason to help. And it's not that people don't want to help you always. It's just that they're only so many hours in the day. So you might as well like build and you have to build relationships before you actually need them. Yeah. Really the key key thing. And we live in a society now where it's instantaneous feedback and likes and, you know, kind of like these falsehoods of ego. But it takes time. And that's not a bad thing. It's so much more rewarding in the end. Agreed. So I'm curious, you know, we've talked a lot about what things might be like in Paris versus here. So kind of country of residence aside, <laughs> um, what advice do you have for those who see you kind of doing all these different things um, and they connect with that um, and they kind of want to create their own path in that same way? What advice would you have for them? I don't know. It's hard when you're good at a job and then like it's it's hard to like move on from that because you're good at it, even if it's not what you want to do. And that was kind of my last situation. So there's a really great book called Designing Your Life. And it's by two Stanford professors. And it's based on a class that is taught at Stanford called Designing Your Life. And it uses design thinking and applies it to you as your life. So I read that book at the end of last year, and it was super helpful. And one of the exercise, there are a bunch of different exercises in it. One of the exercises is to kind of like look at an energy map and like what excites you, what doesn't, you know, where can you change your day around to make things that you have to do like less stressful. Anyway, so you try to make the most of the situation you have. But then for moving on, it has you come up with three possible paths or trajectories. And it has you have a lot of conversations with people early on and to prototype and test things out. So it's less about diving in. And for me, reading this book was so helpful and kind of like thinking about my path. And we've talked about my path has been varied and rich for a while. But now, like I'm honing in and I keep wanting to do different things. And I recently decided it's like social media. Okay, I'm good at it. But I want to do it for myself and my business instead of I'd rather help people with their social media instead of doing it for them. So it was kind of being able to step outside of something that was comfortable to kind of push myself and think about like, no, how do I want to grow and how do I want to grow my business? So the, the book Designing Your Life was very helpful for me that way. That was Anne, you guys. Remember, if you want to learn more about her work, you can find her at anneditmeyer.com and you can find her Preta Voyager blog at P-R-E-T-A-V-O-Y-A-G-E-R.com. And you can also find her over on Instagram at Preta Voyager. And of course, you can find me on Instagram as well. I am at Jennifer E. Snyder. 
As usual, if you're looking for some of the resources and mentioned in the show today, you can find it all linked up over in the show notes at creatingyourownpath.com. Just search for Anne's episodes. Okay, on to next week's show. I am chatting with Anne about the magic of using online tools to make offline connections and why she thinks we've all started taking this whole work thing way too seriously. I think that's why I like design thinking too, because it's all about play and having fun. And I think we've just gotten so serious in the way that we work that I'm very much into disruption mode right now. I have loved talking with Anne about this topic and I cannot wait for you to hear it. That does it for today, you guys. As always, thanks for listening and I'll catch you next week.